0: Hey, Vikings fans, number 96 Brian Robinson is bringing NYC's cheesiest food stand to U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit Mac Truck Mac and Cheese on Minnesota Vikings game days for a new game time snack. Carmen, if you had to describe this Vikings team to someone who hasn't watched a game this year, how would you describe them?
1: You'd have to say something along the lines of either scrappy or resilient or something, because, I mean, yeah, they've eked out these wins, and none of them have really come easy.
0: What is the identity of this Vikings team? And it kind of, for me, goes back to they just make the plays when they have to. It's another Victory Monday Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Tatum Everett alongside Gabe Henderson. Jay Nelson and producer Eric Davidson. The Vikings sweep the AFC East after beating the Jets 27 to 22 yesterday. Vikes now 10 and 2 with an opportunity to clinch the NFC North this weekend. Speaking of that, we have Fox Sports' Carmen Vitale who covers the NFC North. She'll join the podcast in just a bit. But first, guys... Let's take in everything that happened on Sunday. The Vikings' ninth win by fewer than eight points, which is now a franchise record. Jay, would you have. I,
2: ever- I don't like your energy, Tatum. Oh, um, why? Because how you, how you started the podcast, you said it's just another victory month. Like, oh, oh, I didn't say just. We're, we're starting <laughs> it's to get another. used to this. We're starting to it's get another. used to this. No, I get it. It's how, it, it, it does feel weird, right? It <laughs> Embrace just, the chaos. Right.
0: Yes. I, I think that honestly, you know what? We should. We should tell Unreal that Emerge the Victor needs to go on the <laughs> on the hoodies and it should be Embrace the Chaos. Uh,
2: that you might be on something for, for Embrace sure. the Chaos. I, and that's just it. Like
3: everyone, every week, every week to a T, I get a message from my mother going, Do we have to do this every week? And the answer is at this point, yes. And
0: it's our long, brand.
3: And as long as we are on the right end of of the wins this season compared to previous seasons, uh just keep stacking up those wins. We're at 10 and 2. I think at the beginning of the year when you looked through that schedule and you went 10 and 2, that would have been Pollyanna, yeah. you know, pie in the sky. The fact that that is where we currently sit is a really, really
2: fun and advantageous place to be right now. You can't make it up. And right before halftime when we when we were up 20 to 3, I was like, "Okay, this might be the game. This might be the one where we actually, <laughs> you know, Win by more than one score, and then of course uh, the Vikings said, "Hold my beer," and yeah, we ended up winning on the last drive of the game. But uh, honestly, I would much rather be on the like Jay said, the right end, the right end of these wins versus you know similar to last year when we were losing all of these games. And you know, yeah. I kind of I know it's kind of a recurrent thing. We say this every week on another Victory Monday of the Minnesota Vikings podcast, but it, it, it still feels good. Um, I was talking to Ed Donatello earlier, and he was just saying, you know, nobody complains about a light Monday. And at this point in the year, if you can get a win and nobody has to practice on Monday, let's just keep stacking them up no matter how we get them.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I always like think back to last season where I was just like my eyes were half closed, my hands were over them, I'm watching the end of these games and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, why are we back here? Why is it like this? Why do I have to feel this?" But now I watch it and even even when they had first and goal like in the you know, in the red zone at the 5-yard line or whatever, I was sitting there going, "Oh, I'm I'm cool. This is they're going to figure out a way to make this work."
3: I was fine until the fourth down. When it was the fourth down oh, yeah. that last play yeah. of the game, I audibly said to the person sitting next to me in the the control room, I just went, why is my blood pressure going through the roof right now on this one? It's because it was finally the, you know, rubber meets the road on that very final play. And it's like, this is it, win or lose, what's yeah. going to happen? And then, you know, Cam went Cam. And <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun just to have that. But at the same point, I think everyone has found a way to cope in some fashion. course light, baby. And and I was was coping (laughs) until that very last play, and then I was freaking out, and then we got the interception. I'm like, all right, go back to that normal baseline We're trying to just get through another crazy game on a Sunday.
0: Well, Jay, you set this up perfectly because that is our 3M play of the week. From the field of the roof and everywhere in between, 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Visit vikings.com backslash school science to learn more. Like you said, it was a 4th and 10 Jets down five with 16 seconds left. It's fourth and 10, and Cam Bynum comes up with a huge play.
2: Fourth and 10 from the Vikings, 19. Minnesota leads by five. Darius Smith comes flying up the center. Mike White, hit as he throws. Throws to the goal strike, and it's intercepted by Cam Bynum. And that is your ball game, Cam Bynum with the second interception for him this season, second today for Mike White. Why wouldn't it come down to the wire? Why wouldn't it be a spine jingler? Why wouldn't Mike White be throwing into the end zone trying to win the game? That's 2022 Minnesota Vikings football. And with 10 seconds to go in the game, this time it was Cam Bynum to close festivities, and the Vikings are going to win 27-22. That's our
0: 3M play of the Week, Gabe. What did you see on that play?
2: Um, I saw Cam Bynum's. I saw his Instagram post. Wasn't that great about that play? That's Um, crazy. And it it shows you. And I'm trying to describe this to our radio audience. Uh, Cam Bynum posted on his Instagram. About a couple of plays that he's got beat on early in the year, that either the opposing team either scored a touchdown on or something else. And Cam was like, "Hey, I'm going to make an interception on this play." Basically, what he wrote down on it, and that's what happened. Yeah, he wrote so,
0: pick opportunity. P- yep, yeah, pick mm-hmm. opportunity.
2: So this that was just an an amazing play, and for a guy that's you know still a young guy in this league to be able to make game sealing plays, his future is bright here, and um, hopefully that just builds confidence for him going forward as this Minnesota Vikings team. Uh, hopefully tries to get some wins more than by more than one score.
0: He also had the tipped ball for the Harrison Smith yep. interception. You know, you talk about these guys needing to step up in big moments and maybe is that the identity of this team?
3: I think for the defense, they, they have a reputation at this point of getting those turnovers. Currently we're sitting third in the league at plus eight for that take, give differential uh, behind Philly and Dallas. And, I think for fans that are really keen on defense, there's, again, we keep saying it week after week, kind of the bend don't break. It's those moments where they are getting those turnovers that are such a crucial difference, especially when you are giving up chunk yardage at different points on defense. But on top of that, if you really think about it, they had six drives, you know, into the Vikings territory. And five of those had to go for field goals. Like those are big moments defensively that even if they are getting opportunities in the red zone, they're not able to convert those if they're kicking those field goals. So defensively it's hard because there are moments where you're like, why aren't we tackling right? You know, why are they busting to the outside? Why are they getting to a point where, you know, they're sealing an edge and, and, and getting an extra five, ten yards. But
2: when it comes down to it at the end of a game and you need to play, they are finding ways to win these games. Yeah, and that's all that matters. Um it, it just Kind of sucks, you know, looking at it on the the stat sheet. And Ugh, it's like yeah. second worst defense in the NFL or last in this category. And it's like, well, we, we are winning games. And, you know, we're not giving up many points. I think we are, you know, as far as scoring defense, we're like top 20, which isn't the best, but which isn't the worst. So the Vikings know how to turn it on uh, when they need to. And I personally think the first half of this game was probably the best Vikings defense we've seen all year. I mean, we saw blitzes from – All sides of the field. Zadarius Smith is playing, you know, lights out. We have interception on the third play of the game. So I I think it's just continuing to keep that momentum up. And honestly, I look at it as adjustments. Um, When you don't score coming out of the break and other teams do, uh, you have to make adjustments a little bit faster. And we clearly, we do that in the fourth quarter. It's just, doing that sooner and hopefully not giving fans cardiac arrest before they leave the game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're telling me. Yeah, I thought they tackled really, really well in the first half too, and that was something that you didn't see as strong of a tackling performance as, uh, as the first half as you did in the second half, and a lot of that, I think, had to do with the amount of time that the defense was on the field there in the second half. I mean, the offense couldn't really stay on there and get anything going. I think they had 10 yards of offense in the third quarter or something yeah, crazy like It's like, like negative that.
2: 12 passing yards. Right. So
0: when you can't stay on the field, your defense will get tired and then you can come up with sloppy technique. Right. And so I think uh, that's kind of been a puzzling part for me, too, is I know we've talked a lot about the defense in this one, but it is puzzling. Like it, it, As much boom and bust as the defense is, I feel like the offense kind of has the same reputation because they have such an anemic third quarter, but then when they needed that go-ahead drive, they were able to put together a 75-yard drive.
3: The crazy part for me is if you start looking at point differentials for what the defense gives up on average versus what the offense is getting on average... The offense is scoring 24.1 points and the defense is giving up 23.3 points.
0: (laughs) That is your razor's edge of
2: 0.8 points on the average
0: for the season. That's
2: That's why all of these games are so razor thin. But that's the thing. Like, would you much rather be on that side or would you much rather be the Detroit Lions where you're giving up 27 points? But the offense is only scoring twenty six. Yeah,
3: and, and that and that's the thing is even think about last year we were saying why are we losing yeah. these close yeah. games. Yeah. Now we've we've flipped literally it. flipped it flipped by like it. a point, yeah. and, and now we're we're ten and two. It's of, progress, it's <laughs> progress. That's all we ask. Yeah. That's all you
0: ask. But I do think that it comes down to a lot of the things the staff is good at as well, which is there. Are, this team is very disciplined. I think they, for the most part, they keep their penalties pretty low. Uh, as you mentioned, the turnovers are so big. And then I think uh, this time around, they were great on third down and and keeping the team from scoring in the red zone. Like Those kind of small things obviously really, really count and really add up. Uh, again, Minnesota Vikings 10-2, crazy to say, but it feels really good. Uh, and so I think at this time, it's probably a good time to bring in our guest this week to talk a little bit about the NFC North because I know we've got – Weren't able to clinch the division this weekend, guys, but there is opportunity in the horizon as the Vikings face the Lions.
2: We clinched the AFC East on though. Sunday.
0: We did. T- <laughs> I know, right? I mean, take your wins. divisions. <laughs> it would have been nice. Now, uh, hopefully, within a game or two, we'll be able to say that we are NFC North champions. And let's bring in our guest, Carmen Vitali from Fox Sports. She covers the NFC North for Fox Sports. Our special guest to MVP today is Carmen Vitali. Coming to us from Chicago. Hi, Carmen. How's it going? Great. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's so fun. Absolutely. I know. Well, I mean, you've been covering this crazy division. I think I saw you retweet one of our mutual friends who works used to work for the Cowboys. Uh, his name is Dave Hellman, and he had a really good tweet. He said, I've never had this much fun watching this many bad NFC North teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the and NFC I thought North, was great. They, they
1: might not have the best record uh, as a collective, but they're sure fun to watch. Every single team. It's it's hysterical.
2: I'm, I'm glad uh, Tatum put the scissors she had down close <laughs> to her head because I, I was getting a little scared when she was asking you that question. I'm like, who is she about to I cut? I don't know
0: where these scissors came <laughs> from. I'm just like, I'm fidgety <laughs> and I have to hold something. <laughs> no,
2: you're good. But, uh, I mean, understanding that you have, you know, cover – I mean, you cover the NFC North. I mean, this Vikings team right now is – uh, I think you tweeted one of four teams in the NFL that have not allowed a 100 yard rusher, but we're still the second worst defense. How, how do you define what what's going on in Minnesota right now?
1: Yeah. It's one of those Ben don't break things, right? I mean, the stats don't really match up with how clutch this defense has been because that's what they, they come in and crunch time. They've had a couple of game ceiling interceptions um, and, and turnovers and big moments this season. But I mean, they seem to let teams go up and down the field. I mean, this game, especially against the Jets, I'm looking at, you know, the box score and I, I rewatched the game this morning and I was like, what is happening? Cause statistically New York, just like, they had so much offense, they had 83 offensive plays and you're like, what happened? But it, it's just that, you know, this defense, I think their mantra must be bend, don't break because they come up in clutch moments and the moments that matter, they create the turnovers. I mean, to be fair, Minnesota is plus eight in turnover differential, so that's third in the league behind the Cowboys and the and the Eagles. So, I mean, that's where it matters, right? Situational football. Sure these guys are they were so tired after eighty-three
0: plays from the. Show. Yeah, I, it it really was astounding because you know you look you looked at at one point in the game, you were like, wow, could this really be the first you know double-digit win in a long time? What since week one? And you sit there and you're like, could this be it? And then you're like, hmm, who are we kidding? This is this team is one that has identified themselves as coming up with the plays when they matter the most.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was. I mean,
0: you can't. Like I said earlier, you can't break the streak. You can't no, break the streak with no, a one score win. What is it? It's nine it's franchi- wins. Yeah, it's a franchise uh, history mark right there. Yeah. Nine wins like that. It's insane. Insane. Um, and then and then we're talking about a Lions team now that's on a hot streak, hung forty on the Jags, doing the Vikings no favors when it comes to trying to clinch the division. Well, so it's you know I think we were also joking I think a little bit before we started recording about how who'd have thought that this would be you know could be a division clinching game coming up this weekend when you look at the Vikings and the Lions on paper
1: yeah or that like you could have clinched as early as this past weekend because of the Lions like your fate was in the Lions hands I mean but here's the thing about the Lions it's just they've they haven't really saved for a couple of games you know a few weeks ago. They haven't had an issue scoring points. And it's bizarre that they get rid of TJ Hawkinson, arguably one of their best offensive players, not arguably he was, with Amon Ross, St. Brown hurt. He was the team's leading receiver by the time he was traded. But, you know, now you see this uptick again. They're scoring points, and their defense is finally starting to figure some things out, and they're doing some, from what I've watched and how I've seen them kind of evolve over the season, they're doing some different things in the secondary. They're mixing up some of their coverages. They're not doing the same thing every game anymore, and it's starting to kind of pay off. But, I mean, the talent is still lacking in Detroit, and I think that this offseason will be really huge for them as it will be for a couple of the teams in this division. But, I mean, yeah, scoring points has never been Detroit's problem this season because they started, you know, averaging 35 points a game for the first four or five games of the year.
2: Yeah, I think to that point, um, TJ Hawkinson is still the second leading receiver if he was still on the Detroit line. So that, that does <laughs> say a, That says a that, lot. That does say a lot. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, Jamison Williams playing this past Sunday didn't have a catch. You have uh, – what's his name? Uh, DJ Chark finally had – a game over 45 yards. So it it looks like they're they're trying to figure something out down there. So to that point of, you know, that offense that knows how to score points, what about that offense gives this defense problems for this Minnesota Vikings team?
1: I mean, up front, I'm a big believer in everything starts up front, regardless of what side of the ball you're talking about, but especially offensively. I mean, this Detroit offensive line is very good. It's one of the most solid in the league. It came into the year, and they've had some – injuries and they've had to shift around a little bit, but the unit itself is very solid. And just their blocking scheme in general, right? They have their tight ends, their running backs involved in that. And so I think that coupled with the fact that they are good in multiple phases on offense, they have the receivers now. I mean, even without Jameson Williams having a catch, like you still now have to account for him. That's one more guy you have to account for in addition to Amon Ross Brown, who is very underrated as far as I'm concerned, um, especially for what he means to this offense. But then you also have DeAndre Swift and you have Small Williams. So they, can, they can hit you with multiple things, right? Um, and they're a very complete offense. So I think that's contributed to their productivity. Jared Goff isn't doing half bad. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like, very fair. He's actually fair. pretty good that's this year. And, and, and it might make them think twice, although I think they still end up you know, prioritizing a quarterback in this next year's draft. But you know, Jared Goff has proved to be very serviceable, especially with the weapons that they've surrounded him with.
0: Yeah, I think um, when you kind of give the rundown of the Lions, it's very interesting to think back to how the game, the game between the Vikings and the Lions were the first go round, and how they have to face each other again. But this Vikings team, I think we talked about this earlier in the podcast. I asked the question, what is the identity of this team? Uh, this Vikings team, and it kind of for me goes back to they just make the plays when they have to. That's and people are searching like, oh, are they going to be more offensive? Oh, or the, what's the look of this defense? What's I think that's just it's simple to break it down just like that. We've been talking about that for weeks. Even though it's not necessarily the identity you want all the time. No, I mean you know? Kevin O'Connell says <laughs> so, situational football all the true. time,
2: and um, I feel like that—that's pretty much been the, I guess, the definition of this Vikings team. It's now I mean, situational football sure. doesn't really have. You know, too many, you know, glaring numbers attached to it, but it's something. And, and, you know, it may not be the sexiest thing, but it shows up in the win loss column, which Mm -hmm. is all that matters.
0: Yeah, no, totally. So, Carmen, if you had to describe this Vikings team to someone who hasn't watched a game this year, how would you describe them?
1: Uh, You'd have to say something along the lines of either scrappy or resilient or something, because, I mean, yeah, they've eked out these wins and none of them have really come easy. Um, I think that perfect encapsulation really was that Buffalo game where it's like, you may think they're down and out or things aren't looking good or statistically like the chances of this happening just aren't going to happen. And then all of a sudden there's a fumble of the snap at the goal line and you recover and then you force overtime and you still you have the momentum riding into that. It was just a thrilling game, but it just shows that there's no give up in that team. And I think that that has to do, though, with the culture that Kevin O'Connell has brought in, which is I talk about this all the time, actually, because he, his, the offense that he runs, I mean, there's about nine teams in the league now that run this offense, the Shanahan-McVay, you know, tree of offense and and all that. And with that many teams, there has to be a differentiator. And I really do feel like Kevin O'Connell just has such a good grasp on the locker room. And then on Thanksgiving when I was there and we got to talk to Kirk Cousins after the game, Kirk said, you know, I've never had this kind of support from my coaches, from the players. Like all of those intangible things really matter when you're talking about trying to eke out wins and, and facing a lot of adversity within games and trying to, you know, you have the one score, the nine one score game and the difference, you know, the reason that I think you guys are winning those games is now those intangible factors of the culture that is being built inside that locker room, which seems great from everything I've seen. <laughs>
2: All right. Another question for you. How would you define the, the culture of the NFC North? Now that you cover all four teams.
1: That's very interesting because so I grew up outside of Chicago, grew up a bears fan and, but just in general watching this division. And I always, my perception of football was always like it is, it's the blue collar sport. It's, tough it's you know it was the black and blue division exactly and then i and i this this isn't meant to come off as a knock on it but then i spent six years in tampa in the nfc south and with newer teams and perhaps like they just don't have the same culture at all down there and it was just very interesting now to like come back up to the nfc north and get to know all of these fan bases all over again and The pride and just like the toughness of these teams, it's such a diehard mentality. And I absolutely, I think that's what football should be. So like, I love this division and I'm sure I'm partial, like I said, because I grew up, you know, in the division, but I just, I appreciate that no matter how these teams are doing, the fans stick with them. And these teams want to give their fans something to watch, which I think contributes to what our friend Dave had to say of it may not be the best product as far as football goes, but it's damn fun to watch either way because these guys take a tremendous amount of pride in giving their fans something to root for, whether it's actual wins or players themselves or just the way that they play football. Um, I just, I yeah, I think it's the most traditional and just toughest division in the league. Yeah,
2: I appreciate that perspective. Um, Tatum and I are both from the South. and. That is a really good point because, like, up here, just being in the north, like, this is all, you know, the Midwest has is, you know, professional football. But when you go, like, down south, you have, like, college sports and basketball. So exactly. there's more things to draw your attention to outside of just the that professional, well, I guess, National Football League. So. I never looked at it from that perspective.
1: Yeah, it's I, that's. I was never really a college person growing up, and I understand that the SEC is something completely different. My <laughs> boyfriend went to an SEC school, so I like I I have now been adopted into those fan bases, and I'm like, oh, this is what I was missing. <laughs>
0: they say it, <laughs> just, it just means more. Just, yeah, they just that's say that's what they say. It's their slogan. Literally, just means more. Literally, I know it's crazy. Uh, no, Carmen, you know when you look across the NFC in general, and you've got obviously Philly out there looking amazing. You've got the Cowboys really coming on now down the stretch, and then you have the Vikings. You know, like, is there any other NFC team that the Vikings might want to keep an eye on as they try to? make a playoff run down down here towards the end of the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, it would have by far and away been San Francisco. But now with Jimmy G's injury, I mean, I like almost dropped my phone when I saw it last night that he was out for the year. But I still don't necessarily know that they shouldn't still be in the mix, if that makes sense. Like yeah. a, Jimmy G, to me, and especially like they told us all at the very beginning of the year when they said that he's not our quarterback anymore. We're going with Trey Lance. They told us that he wasn't the reason that they were a good team, that they were winning, that they were having success. That's what the 49ers, I feel like, told us with that move. And yes, obviously, Jimmy G had to come back in and, he, again, serviceable quarterback. But I don't think that this offense, especially, and the team in general, because their defense, and especially that defensive front, is scary. They're not reliant necessarily on elite quarterback play in order to have success. So I think that even though Jimmy got hurt, I mean, yes, they have Mr. Irrelevant rookie Brock Purdy in there now. I'll be very interested to see if they take a chance on Baker Mayfield because, you know, released by the Panthers.
0: No, things getting interesting. But his quarterback rating CMC
1: dismal, but there's no really, they don't have anything to lose, I don't think, by signing him because you're not trading anything away. Um that's a I, you, know. I didn't I, think was going to be happening. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, uh, yeah, like we're, we're recording this at what, you know, one yes. thirty central time on Monday and who knows, um, this might be resolved by the time that most people hear this. But yeah, I just, I just think that that team is built in a way that as long as you have someone that isn't going to lose you football games and isn't going to turn the ball over a ton, they can compensate, and you see that in guys like Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. They just like the gadgetry that they can do, and the creativity that Shanahan has. Their run game, their run scheme, run game in general is fantastic. And all of the coaches I've talked to that deal with that side of the ball love watching the 49ers' uh, run run scheme. Yeah, that's a so good yeah,
2: point because I, I, I was I was going to say you know Baker Mayfield's your guy, and then you. Then you started talking about turnovers, and I'm like, okay, Baker's not going to fit that San Francisco 49ers offense. But uh, there's a lot of opportunity for this Vikings team to continue to, uh, I guess, trend upward. The fact that we haven't played our best football yet, which is, I guess, like, good, but kind of frustrating to say uh, (laughs) at week 14 in the season. (laughs) When the Vikings are clicking on all cylinders, and I I feel like you, you had a glimpse of that. Um, when you were where you were at U.S. Bank Stadium for the Thanksgiving game, when when this Vikings offense or team is clicking on all cylinders, do you feel like they're a Super Bowl contender?
1: I do, and I actually picked them for Fox Sports before the season to go to Super Bowl. Hey, uh,
0: look at you! So, there you go. All those haters. I'm,
1: like, huh? I'm, I'm continuing to believe in this team for sure because of the same things though that like you guys have so many different ways to beat defenses, and I think you have a very creative play caller, obviously Kevin O'Connell. And it's just—I mean, this is the first year in his, in his version of the system, and your your players are getting used to their new staff and and the way things operate now and the culture that's being brought in. So, like, I go back though to like the 2020. Not, not I'm not saying that it's going to end up the same way, but when I was with the Buccaneers in 2020, I mean. You were in the second year with Bruce Arians and his staff. Tom Brady just comes and signs on as the quarterback. But again, the offense has to kind of adjust to Tom's skill set versus Jameis Winston's skill set. And there's a, there's there's a ton of things that are happening in the beginning of the season. And I mean, they had we had a really late buy that year, week 13, and things didn't seem like they were clicking up until that point. Like if you would have told me that we would have eventually won the Super Bowl in like week 10, I would have I would have. I don't know. I would have not believed you at all. I would have probably smacked you. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, Don't even talk like that. I don't want to hear it. Because I really, we, it was that same sentiment of, we hadn't played our best football yet. And I didn't know when that was going to kick in, but then sure enough, after the, that, that bye week, we won out. And it, one of the games was against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and then took that momentum into the playoffs. And because this, that team was so battle tested uh, it really paid off in the postseason, whereas it seemed like Philly, pretty easy schedule, hasn't really had a lot of tests. We'll see if that affects them, you know, in, in the postseason. But I mean, Minnesota could be really well equipped for that. I love oh. that.
0: We've kind of talked about that a lot, I think, uh, this season. Just being able to handle your adversity and having it pay down the line. So that's a really I really like that story that you ended on, Carmen. That was pretty cool. Yeah, well, I, like I said, I don't know. I can't predict them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. no. Please, please keep <laughs> we'll, we'll put a disclaimer in the podcast before. We'll be like, just so that you know.
2: <laughs> we had, we told her we would be 10-2. We're having her on week 14, and she'll say the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl. It works. It works out every time. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, it doesn't you know, there's something about manifesting. I think that's something that Snoop Dogg does now. Right. So that's really helpful. I yeah. mean, it's, right. it's, it's Begin good. Exactly. So, well, thank you so much to Fox Sports' Carmen Vitali for joining us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm sure we'll see you up here soon or at one of the NFC North games very soon once you enjoy that wedding in Cabo. Oh, thank you so Have much. Have a nice warm weekend. We'll be jealous. Have a
2: pina colada of warm. I
0: appreciate it. <laughs> Take care. See you, Carmen. Bye, guys. A big thank you to Carmen Vitali from Fox Sports. Sports for joining the podcast today, Jay. Right before she ended her conversation with Gabe and I, she was talking about how she watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they were in that first year with the new system, and then they they saw the turnaround with Tom Brady and made a run for the Super Bowl. And she saw found a lot of parallels within those two teams. I thought that was kind of interesting. Not that we're predicting the.
3: I'll take it. I, I thought that on, was pretty cool. And then that's I, I I was texting with some other people, and there's all these stats coming out about the last time this vikings team was 10 and 2 and all the kind of the history of it and you see lost in the super bowl lost in the nfc championship i think the last four times have been lost in the nfc championship but the the point i was trying to make to people too was just saying like enjoy the ride enjoy it as much as you can i know that there's still a lot of angst with this team because everything is as as razor thin as it has been all season but like I know, I said at the beginning of the season, find a way to enjoy the ride as much as you can because you never know what's
2: going to happen.
0: I feel like these fans have really been enjoying the ride, though. I there's just a different kind of energy at US Bank Stadium I, right now.
2: I would I don't know if I'm if you're going to say this, Jay, but I feel like the last two weeks Vikings fans have not been enjoying these wins. I think after the Cowboys game, it's been like, oh, like well, can we just get a big win?
0: The oh, co- I mean the talk maybe, but but the energy in the stadium. Oh, energy! Is, is absolutely, crazy.
3: absolutely. I, I think that's the thing. I think there's there's the excitement but I think there's also the feeling of and why are you doing this to me <laughs> at the end of every right. game like you want to
0: forget about the Cowboys but you can't forget about the Cowboys that was it
3: I think with the Cowboy piece was the first super test against a team I mean there was the Bills game and stuff but the super test that happened after the Philly game and you're like okay let's see what we can do against Dallas and then to be as as beat down as much as you were in that game, just as thoroughly as it was, I think then the level of angst starts rising <laughs> again. Um, but I, I, as long as we keep stacking up these wins against quality, especially defenses, we played seven teams in the top 10 for yardage allowed and then six of the top 10 for lowest points allowed, and we're still winning these games. As long as this team keeps finding a way to win, it doesn't matter how ugly or how pretty it is. Pretty is good because you feel a lot better about that game, but... <laughs> As long as you keep stacking up these W's, that is all that matters. That's all the coaches care about, and that's all the players care about.
2: I, I agree with you on that. I know I'm going to be in the minority on this because I've talked to a few people about style points, and they were like, no, all you got to do is win. Like, I, I do think style points matter now that we don't play a team with the winning record. I think if you really want to get some national attention, which we, I'm sure Vikings coaches don't care about, but if, if – we could kind of change the narrative. I feel like we have to get some style points in these last few games.
3: Well, and you've got teams like Detroit that have given you fits even earlier this year. Detroit didn't make it easy on you. Yeah. And then you've also got a team like the New York Giants coming up here who is fighting for their playoff chances here in the wild card, especially, and and they need a win after the the crazy tie that happened yesterday against the commanders so again you have some teams that if you really want to make a statement going into that playoff run hopefully if you are able to put it on a couple of these teams and really feel like you're clicking then mentally as a team and as a as a locker room you feel like yeah we're good I think there isn't a feeling like we're not going to find a way to win it's just you're going to find a way to win and make it as as uh, kind of down and dirty and ugly as possible, and 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 style points are great because the other thing style points do, it makes your other opponent that you're going to face think like, oh god, what's what's yeah. walking in the door, versus a oh they're vulnerable, we can find a way to to make this happen. I think for fans though, the last probably month was the point we had that stretch where he said we got these four games to find out who we really are, and the fact we went three and one in in, in that stretch. Fans are starting now to go like they're the cardiac kids. They're going to find a way to make it happen. I
2: just have to brace myself for what the finale is going to end up being. I mean, just think about the Lions, right? They're, they're, they are they've hung up forty, like Tatum said to start the show. I mean, those style points matter because it makes us say like, okay, like what are they doing? It that's was making the them, Jags, but the, I mean, the Jags got four wins. I mean, they beat. But,
1: they but have think four. About but th-
0: it. Th- Said four wins. But that doesn't week, impress me.
2: But the week before they
3: beat, I can't even they argue that. <laughs> I,
0: yeah, I can't even argue that. But right, right. the week you before they beat, you no,
3: know, the, the week before they beat Tampa, yeah. the Jags would beat Tampa. Right? No, but,
0: I, I'm not saying the Jags are. I mean, they they definitely are, are better than they usually are, and I understand that. But
3: we felt like with Detroit, uh, everyone was high on them off of uh, hard knocks and feeling like this team's going to figure it out. Yeah. And the coach is going to do it, and then they started off as slow as they did, and everyone's like, ah, it's just paper tiger type thing. And now for the last month and a half, all of a sudden they're putting it together and putting up points on teams and defensively starting to lock down, which was their Achilles heel before. This Lions team, again, they've given us fits in the past, and I, I am curious to see what what's going to happen when we go to Ford Field this week.
0: Yeah, I'm not even sure that if the Vikings were to have these huge wins by let's let's just say by double digit points, like twenty plus points, if they were to finish Can we out just say 10? <laughs> ten. No, but but what I mean is I don't think that it would necessarily still be a team talked about like what the fans want the national media to talk about them. Like I feel like you've kind of made your bed so far, which is a great bed to be in. It's very warm and cozy at ten and two. But like you are not I, I just don't think that's the vibe of this team. They're not going to get that same type of talk, especially with like you said, the teams that are now in the back end of this of the schedule,
2: but I look at I look at it as that's what people are waiting for. It's like, okay, we can win sure. close games, but, like, can you actually put your foot in somebody's throat when you have them down? I mean, that's a figurative speech. But, like it it's, it's just it's almost frustrating because it's like, yeah, like, man, great, ten and two is phenomenal. Um, But maybe I'm getting spoiled by the wins, too. And I'm like, man, I I want to just see like how how good actually are we as a team? Like, that's my biggest question, because I've seen so many different, you know, spikes. Oh, man, the offense look good here. First half defense look phenomenal. Special teams. But like, what will it look like if it all came together for like two quarters?
0: I'm just wondering if that if does that doesn't happen until the playoffs.
2: If it doesn't, I'm cool with that too, but <laughs> you know? I'm just no, like but,
0: but really cuz like you obviously want to see a dominating performance, but I just don't know if that's going to be I mean, you got <laughs>
2: the Lions, the, the Packers, the Colts, the Bears. Uh, the Bears and um the Giants. Like yeah, I want to go 5 and 0, but if if one of those wins can't be by, you know.
0: Oh my god, 5 and oh, 0. No, I can't even like that oh. doesn't does so wrap your head around that. It doesn't like I think that's it. It's like it Ten and two feels so good because you're like, yeah, of course. But for some reason, like, what if you end the year fifteen and two? Does it feel like a fifteen and two season? I
3: think the fans are circling That's... a certain calendar date at this point as the game they would like to see the double digit blowout happen on,
2: <laughs> and it's January first. Man, that would be yeah. a
3: great New Year's gift. That would. <laughs> oh, Happy New Year's, everybody! If you can get to that point, I. I I, I yeah, I mean honestly, the prospect of going five and zero for the rest of the season <laughs> is on the table.
0: that's so funny, not funny. it's just like i I, I love it yeah. like I've, I've I obviously love it. it's just kind of crazy because that's definitely not i I didn't give a season prediction like I didn't really need to no Which one else tend me, really. to
3: back off on especially looking yeah, for the
0: team exactly so I never really thought about like what what I thought this team would be. I really thought more likely I thought it would be kind of like a 9 and 8, like, um, you know, ten kind of seven. season. Think 10 about, and seven, ten and 7 I would have taken.
2: But, but think about, I but, think I had it as 10 and 7.
3: Yeah, but but just think about going into the season, all of the storylines that it's were still there. Still possible. I'll, just, I'll, just kidding.
0: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote
3: the air because I was about to say still possible. And I was like,
2: I'm not going to say it. I'm yeah.
3: not going to say it. <laughs> but you had New head coach, bunch of free agent signings. What's going to happen with your offensive line defensively? You know, new D coordinator coming in with some additional pieces that that were there. Lots of questions, especially games that you couldn't close out last season. And so far, it's 10 and 2 with successes at key points in every game that you have been able to pull out. And even with that, it's a little bit of luck. You know, you need a a fumble at the goal line to score a touchdown against that Buffalo team. God, I still can't believe that happened. And still and went to overtime. Like there are so many storylines <laughs> this season that when we really do yeah. at the end of time. the year go back and reflect on everything that happened in every single game. Uh you know, we always talk about internally how you could write a book on the craziness of twenty ten and just the calamity that happened. Yeah. Hopefully with this team as as the successes have been going, when we really do a retrospective of what has happened so far, it really is fairly unbelievable
2: just to see how yeah. this has progressed all season. I can only imagine like being from Minnesota and living in Minnesota my entire life and having a 10-2 and two year and having the opportunity to talk about it on a weekly basis. <laughs> How there's does still, that feel, Jay?
3: There's still angst. <laughs> there's still stress. And like you said, like, you know, the, there isn't a comfort level with it. And and that's why I keep trying. That's why I said it earlier And why I keep to remi- trying to remind myself and even friends and family that are freaking out at, at very specific, minute things. There is a sense that I don't want to get my hopes up because I don't want to have this end, you know. Poorly and get hurt again, kind of a thing. And that's again, you have to just remember enjoy it while it's happening because you never know.
0: You, yeah, you have to enjoy it. There's only one team at the end of the season that is happy. Yeah, and 31 that's teams are upset. Yep. So just enjoy the ride and, and know that <laughs> at the end of it, this is what happens in year one, like makes you want to look forward to see what can be. Now, if you go and win the Super Bowl, I don't, that's like how, yeah, Super Bowl <laughs> every year, I guess is the expectation. <laughs>
2: Welcome to New England. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Patriot way. Call it the Viking way.
0: Hey. That's um, the goal. Might be something.
2: Well, I, I look at it as just something that it, it takes one game at a time. And the Detroit Lions know that we're one game away from clinching the NFC North. Uh, they have playoff uh, you know, aspirations also. And their, their window has not closed yet. And uh, the fact that they've won four out of five games, we're going to get their best effort in. I, I can't speak for everybody in that locker room, but just the the taste that last year's game versus Detroit at Ford Field left in all of our mouths, um, with them getting their first win on a game winner. I, I do think a lot of people want to erase that memory, and if Cam Dantzler plays this year, I'm yeah, sure he's going to be extra juiced. Oh um, yeah, this is this is a big game. Like this Detroit Lions team, just watching film on those guys, like they they play hard, they play active. Uh, Dan Campbell has those guys. They they, they figured it out. I feel like we said that. Um, earlier on one of our podcasts, of like, it, like the Detroit Lions just haven't figured it out. Well, they have now. So, can you actually say that you know this Vikings team have figured it out also, and uh, go ahead on to clinch that NFC North, so we can get our big hats? <laughs> you
0: got <you> to keep <laughs> oh, that you know, perfect record in
2: the division, right? Yeah. That's
3: part well,
0: of it. Well, yeah, and I, I like that you said like, every, like this game is really important because I think that when you are in this spot right now, the Vikings are in every single game. Is important no matter what the records are of the final teams that you know they're closing the year against.
3: And the teams like Dallas and even Philly, and uh, they're just they're putting the pressure on you. Any anything from oh, yeah. the NFC East at this point is putting pressure it's on crazy. you. Crazy to try and at minimum stay at that number two spot. You want to have that because um, one misstep by Philly in the playoffs or something, you're you're putting potential big game in US Bank Stadium, which is such a huge advantage. So this team knows they have
2: zero room to screw up. They have to keep pace with these teams because that pressure is real. I think Eric Kendrick said it the other week. He said, it's, it's crazy how the tides have turned. We've gone from the hunting to the hunted. So um, we, we know we're getting everybody's best game at this point. So, I mean, you put on your big boy pants and find a way to win. Good luck in Detroit. Right
0: there, you good go. Luck. Great there luck you luck go. In Detroit. Well, to get you geared up for that Detroit game, we got the audible coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, we're shooting it on Wednesday. It'll be out later this week. Gabe, what? Who do we have on the show this week?
2: Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, both of those guys. First time on the show this year. We had Garrett on with Brian O'Neill last year. Okay, I believe so. It'll be good to have those guys uh, together. They seem pretty happy to to join the show this week. When I talk to him in the locker room, oh, so that's good. Hopefully, there's uh, some good energy. Which I would. They must have gotten glowing
0: been. reviews from. Brian O'Neill and Christian (laughs) Derrissaw
2: when they were on the show. No comment. Uh, That'll be a good show. That'll be a good show. So make sure you tune in to Vikings.com for it.
0: Very cool. And then we've got Friday Football Feast again this week. Where is that going to be?
2: Yeah. So we will be live in Edina. We'll actually record a live edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast right afterwards. So if you do go to Buffalo Wild Wings, make sure you stay after Paul Allen's 9 to
3: New.
0: Yeah, I think we'll both be there. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, we got tailgate going on this week.
3: Yeah, we do. We're uh th- one of the benefits of of playing a divisional opponent for the second time is you get to circle back with uh this, somebody that you yes, already talked to. So that's true. For the first time we're gonna we're gonna jump back in the pool and uh talk to Zach Martina, who's the giant lions nut. And I know at the beginning of the season he was all interested and excited about you know what Dan Campbell was bringing to this team. And so it'll be fun to kind of get his take on everything he's experienced of the crazy roller coaster in Detroit. So, yeah, Zach Martinez should be on the tailgate again this week. Nice. That'd be
2: fun.
0: Well, on Game Day Live this week, we will have a sit down with TJ Hawkinson, which we're pretty pumped about. I know last week Paul Allen and Ron Johnson took over the Audible for Gabe and I for the week, and so we didn't get a chance to talk to T J on the Audible. So I'm excited to get a chance to pick his brain heading into um his return to Detroit, which, you know, he was only there like a
2: month ago. So yeah. you <laughs> so should go with fun. David Blau also.
0: Yeah, no, it'll just be one, someone on one, you know. Sorry, David. No offense to David, great guy.
3: Hey. TJ said uh, if they, if they win, there's this uh, rumor of him wearing the chains on the plane on the way home. So oh. that would be a Ooh. lot of fun to see if, I if like that, that actually rumor. happens. So I hope we take the long route home. I was gonna say extra motivation <laughs> for TJ. You to know, make I think happen. those
0: parties usually end by the time we get in the air, though.
3: Yeah, that from is what very I've true. heard. That so is very true. you know, that's all right. Whatever you need to do to to make it enjoyable and have something
0: to look forward to, do it. Exactly. Yeah. That could that could be quite a sight. Oh, it, quite a sight. Oh yeah. I, and I, then maybe we could I'm have a little TJ come out, little TJ I, oh, Chains God, on so, the <laughs> I'm so over that. God, I'm over that. <laughs> but see, I, okay, I was with you on that until I met the kid. Yeah. The nicest kid in the world. I think and his dad could not stop gushing about how Nice, all of the Vikings have been giving them their tickets, and he's like, "I'm a lifelong Vikings family. This is making my kids' dreams come true." Like all yeah. this, and I was like, "You know what? I can't hate on that anymore because well, this family is so pure and lovely." You know, I I it's couldn't. A great story. I couldn't. It's it was a great just story. so nice. I think
2: he's a great kid. Do You want to know? Okay, family?
0: so 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 they didn't have his Justin Jefferson jersey. At their, like, local store, retailer, retailer store. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have his size. And they were going to the Thanksgiving game. So his dad was like, man, this really stinks. Like, asking all his friends, like, what can I do for him? Because he wanted this jersey and they don't have it. And they were like, dress him up as Kirk. And that's how it happened.
2: Wow. I know. I that's know. That's a fun story. It's a I, great story. I, like, I, I enjoy the story. I think, you know, I mean, especially it was his eighth birthday. So Everybody the was the taking pictures with him. Like, it was I mean,
0: hilarious. He's a, celeb- he's a he celebrity. Was a, I know. I, I told him, I was like, man, I didn't realize I was walking with the celebrity.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> Fair. Fair. I, I just remember uh, watching the game, uh, talking to somebody, and I said, "That kid's gonna go to school the next day and be like, you 'You'll never believe what happened to me.' <laughs> oh yeah, that's an
2: unbelievable I'll, bit. I wonder how many of his friends tell him to like take his shirt off <laughs> and put chains on. Put the chains <laughs> on his <at> school. <laughs>
3: I know,
0: and the great part is like they're they're like half of them are Mardi Gras beads, which yeah. I think is really cool. If I actually had Mardi Gras beads at my house, I guess I could have contributed. But I look,
2: like I just like when they do roll call like, in his school, instead of saying his name, like, uh, Kirk-o. Tatum, Jay, Kirko. Little Kirko? Yeah. <laughs> like, everybody knows who, yeah, he, he's yeah. popular. Yeah, I he's love very popular. Yeah.
0: You just hated on him a second ago. No, I'm
2: just tired of, like, the whole Kirko thing. <laughs> just, I'm not, I'm You're not, not tired of the them. kid,
0: you're tired, yeah. of the of tired of the Kirko change I'm tired of the Kirko change Yeah, I, you know, I think that when the national media, like, pops on to things that are happening here, it does kind of, like, it gets worn out. Right. It's in every broadcast. It's every question. And Kirk, I will have to give him credit. Like he's a pretty good sport about it. And every interview he does, they ask him about it. And I, I could see where that would get like kind of old.
3: Well, let's see if uh, week fourteen turns into Hocko chains.
0: Hocko chains,
2: <laughs> dude. Do Hocko hair. Like do something. <laughs> Not no more chains.
3: Uh-huh.
0: It's,
2: it's adjacent to hockey hair here in Minnesota, so you can do haco <laughs> hair. Right? Yeah. No, we should put him and Chris Hockey together. Hawkinson, Haw. Hock- okay. Man, it's been a great edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It's been a great great. edition. Yes,
0: I know. On that cue, we will wrap things up. Thanks for listening. As Gabe says, we will have a live recording of MVP this Friday from the Buffalo Wild Wings in Edina. So we hope to see you there. And uh, if you can't, then it'll be uploaded on Friday. So we'll see you then, too. (laughs) Have a good one, guys. Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids.